and welcome back to the Founded on Christ podcast. It has been a while. It's been at least a month, and I imagine many of you thought that I was probably done and, and, and had hung up my podcasting cap and had called it good, but uh, this last month has been very, very busy uh, between finals and graduating, uh, I had a lot to do and, uh, it was kind of difficult. I, uh, always, uh, the Lord, this, this wasn't one of those moments where I didn't have anything to say. I had plenty. I had, I have a lot of notes and, uh, topics that I've written down in the last month. <clears throat> the Lord has filled my, my head and my heart and my mind with lots of things. And, uh, I've been kind of chomping at the bit to get back to this, but I definitely, uh, I had a lot on my plate, and so uh, looking forward to a more consistent release schedule again, at least for a little while, until until I've fed through myself everything the Lord has given me, and we'll see where we go. Uh, I know we have uh, a good one for you next week. Uh, have a collaboration with me and my wife and my sister, and look forward to releasing that to you. But uh, as always, and as you know, as long as this podcast is going, uh, there's the option to send in anything that you would like uh, and put it on the podcast as an opportunity to share your testimony of Christ or an aspect of Christ's mission or your interface directly with Christ, whatever it is, uh, you can send that into the founded on Christ podcast at gmail.com. And that's where I'll be looking for those submissions and I'll put things up as they come in. Um, so for this week, I want to look at a rather, uh, famous, I guess you could say, scripture, well-known scripture. I believe it's, you know, for many of us who grew up in the LDS culture, it is a scripture mastery. But I'm going to go to 2 Nephi, chapter 25, verse 23. It says, For we labor diligently to write, to persuade our children, and also our brethren, to believe in Christ, and to be reconciled to God. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. I've been thinking a lot about this scripture, and I think that the traditional way that we read and interpret this scripture does it a disservice and does us a disservice. I imagine as everyone read this, especially that last part, right, that, that we use that a lot for we know that is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. We often, that is our our combating scripture, right, to those who are on the grace train, all the other evangelical and Adventists and, and born-again Christians, um, we use that scripture a lot. But I think this idea that, and, and I guess to reference how we usually interpret this, I remember being in a seminary class in junior high, and we had this activity. We had a, what it looked like a pathway, and it had these dots that we had to fill in. And we were all trying to get to the end, to the finish line. And everyone that got to the finish line got to have a donut, right? And so, you know, it was like scripture mastery stuff, scripture, you know, quizzing on that kind of jazz, whatnot. You know, and everybody, you know, you tried to answer the questions. And of course, uh, there wasn't even enough questions. We couldn't even get to the end of the rope, right? We couldn't get to the end of the, the, of the path. And so we, we get as far as we can. And then the uh, uh, seminary instructor talked about how, 
Now Christ's grace comes in and fills in the rest of the blanks, and we filled in the rest of them, and we all got to have a donut, right? And that's usually, even though it's kind of a, a simplified, but that's usually the way we view this scripture, right? He is saying that after we've done everything that we possibly can, that is when Christ's atonement steps in and makes us uh, fulfilled. It, it fills in the gaps of what we're lacking. I think that that has some issues with it. <laughs> uh, first of all, it kind of implies that we have to get down to our bare knuckles. We have to scrape and we have to fight and push and crawl for every inch of ground that we receive in this life, right? That we have to work ourselves to the bone. And I actually feel like that is in contrast to what the other scriptures say about how we are here to have joy. Um, that whole, after all we can do, man, there is a lot of pressure, a lot of, of heartache, a lot of pain where we can push ourselves into that little verse of all we can do. Not to mention that it's also, it's a very Luciferian doctrine to say that the power is all within you to do something, that it is all on you. You have to fight and crawl and, and push and you know, gnash your teeth and, and grab every little aspect of this life that you can. And that is the only way that Christ will come in and take care of you. I feel like that is a, a false teaching. It is a false impression that it gives. Also, how many of us had the impression growing up that Christ's atonement would only come in at the end of our lives at the judgment bar to fix everything, right? This, the way the scripture formats, the way we read it, I should say, is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. It gives this false impression that Christ is only interested in filling in the gaps at the end of the, at the end of the road. And I know from my personal experience, and I imagine many of you, when you've really sought after discipleship of Christ, you know that he is with you in the trenches the entire time. He never leaves you alone. He is always working with you. So, I know what you're saying, Crystal. What the heck does this scripture mean then? How do you interpret this scripture? Um, my paradigm shift, which is just a fancy way of saying, looking at this in a new way, uh, I think what he's saying here, because as you read, once again, you need to read things in context. This chapter, this is the same chapter where he talks about, and we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. This chapter is huge. It has a portion talking about the record and what it'll be used for, but it's huge on talking about Christ, focusing on Christ. And so what I really think in context, what Nephi is saying here, that as human beings, after all of the amazing things, after all the hard work, after the, you know, the monumental edifices that we've created, after all the work we've done in striving to do good, after everything we think we do, as great as we may think those things are, it is only by grace that we are saved. All those things, as nice as they are, do not have the power. They are not sufficient. They don't do it. 
Christ is the one that does it. In fact, the only thing that gives the actions that we do any sort of meeting is Christ's sacrifice. If it wasn't for, for him and his everlasting sacrifice and then turning around to us and saying, you know, I want you to do these things, these things really wouldn't have any eternal significance in the long run. Uh, they wouldn't have the power sufficient to save us. And if you really want a good, uh, chapter that talks about this, you go to the, the, uh, is appointed unto man to die once podcast that I did in that chapter with in Hebrews, assuming it is Paul, he makes a great uh, analogy, a great, he, he teaches a great lesson about how all of these sacraments and all of these special things that the Lord gave the Jews to do in the tabernacle, they did not have the power to save. They were works, but they were dead works. They, they were symbolisms of the actual thing that saves. And so reading through this, I feel like that is actually what this scripture is saying, is saying that, yes, we have all these things to do and they're great and important, but those things do not save us. Those things are not what helps us reach past the dust of this life and ascend to a higher state of being. It is, it's Christ and his sacrifice and his works that gives us the power, gives us the grace, the light, and the truth that we need to move up beyond this life. And I've been thinking about how cunning Lucifer is and, and what his plan was. You think back to what we've been taught about pre-earth life. Savior's role in that, or the Satan's role in that, and the Savior's. But Lucifer wanted to cut Christ out of the picture. He wanted it to be solely based without him, without a Savior, that we didn't need a Savior. And that is the tactic he still uses today. The truth is he couldn't do it without Christ. That's just the blanket truth. Heavenly Father knew that Satan could, Lucifer couldn't do it without Christ, and he hates that fact. And so he tries constantly to get us to try to do it without Christ as well. He wants us to worry about the all we can do. That is, that's why it's a Luciferian doctrine to rise within yourself and have the power within yourself, because that's what Christ, or sorry, that's what Lucifer wanted so badly was to be able to do it without Christ. And so that's what he does for us. He comes and tells us that we can do it without him, that we can work for it. We can get there ourselves. And I hope I don't need to emphasize the fact so much that I understand that we have to, there's certain things that the Lord has for us to do. This whole podcast is about seeking after the face of Christ, right? I say that every week. Seeking means doing something, but I feel like we have we have counter shifted so far on that that we are to the point now that Christ and his sacrifice becomes second fiddle to all the things that we are supposed to be doing and that's completely completely backwards. Christ he is he is the whole symphony, right? And we add our little piece to it to, to try and attempt to do whatever it is the Lord wants us to do. There's definitely aspects of going and doing this life, but let's remember that it is by grace that we are saved after all, all we can do. And to find some 
some peace and joy in that. All we have to worry about is whatever it is that Christ has given us to do now. There's no pressure. There's no, there's no wearing ourselves out in that cause because Christ knows what we're capable of. He knows what, what we're, when we're, we've reached the end of our rope and surely there are moments when Christ comes in, when we are at the very end of our strength and fills in the gaps. But that is not the, that is not the entire life that we live. That is a portion of it. I, most of our lives, I feel, is working consistently with the Savior next to us and feeling the pressure, but also feeling the support that he has with us. And with that, as always, seek his face continually. Amen. Amen.